It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Michelle Bishop in the chair. And Michelle, let me just say this for our NRL news update. You had the listeners fired up talking about all things junior sport, all things country sport. Yeah, I'm a little bit passionate about it. It's not, not shy to talk about it, that's for sure. Um, we need to talk about it so it changes. It's an NRL news update. Subscribe to SEN League on YouTube and the SEN podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Okay, Michelle, there is a truckload to get through here. ARL Commission boss Peter Valandis has revealed the NRL's $420 million war chest to drive expansion as he plots the next offshore project to match the code's Vegas Venture, a second team in New Zealand, as we shared with the team at SENZ. As Valandis touched down in Vegas ahead of Sunday's historic NRL doubleheader at Allegiant Stadium, the ARLC chair de- detailed the financial goldmine to fund a 20-team NRL competition. Valandi says the NRL could play premiership games in America for the next 20 years. Revealed Wayne Bennett will be consulted on expansion and confirmed a second New Zealand team to rival the Warriors is on the agenda. In another landmark moment, rather, for the sport, Valandi says a definitive call on fresh expansion will likely be made in the next six months, giving the NRL an 18-team league for the first time in 26 years. Um... Tell you what, Michelle, I would just love to be in that room. So who's – I know everyone's saying Peter Valandis, and of course he has a major say in it, but there must be a dozen people who get into this room, you know, flesh out ideas, have monetary amounts attached to it to land on do we go to Vegas, do we expand – it's heavy stuff, isn't it? Do you really think there's a room? Is there a <laughs> Do room? Do you really think it's that serious? Well, you think it's the Chinese? Look, I have to say to you, I'm a little bit sort of sceptical. I mean, the two team, the second team in, in New Zealand's been floated for the last six or seven months anyway. Uh, when you throw Wayne Bennett's name into something, it gives a bit of credibility. Yep. Um, I'm confused. In the last 24 hours, and look, I'm not. I, it's, I don't have any interest in. I love what the NRL is trying to do. I'm so passionate about it. But I'm a purist. I'm genuine, and I want to see this game fly. Yes. And expand. But in the last 24 hours, Joel, we've got NRL America. We've had the next Patrick Mahomes playing in the NRL. <laughs> Uh, we're going to buy over the weekend the UK, the English Super League. Uh, we're going to steal some of uh, the American viewers in subscriptions and, and also and, um, in wagering, so take some of their dollars in, in the betting market. The common theme for me across all of this is there's no funding in grassroots here. And mm. so it's it's a kind of a, a cart before the horse. And I don't want to be speaking about things that I'm, I'm unsure of because I genuinely don't know 
what sort of money we're going to make out of this venture because an awful lot of money is being spent. Let's not forget that. Yeah. And I understand that it's they're, they're trying to grow the game and this is all about, you know, if we get, get into America or whatever. But what I'm concerned about is the money that should be being put into grassroots here so that we can expand a competition and have a strong and viable and successful 20-team competition. You've got to put the money into grassroots to be able to be making sure the next NRL or the NRLW stars are coming through the system. That concerns me. So, look, I might be totally wrong and we might be in May going, wow, we made X amount of money when we went overseas and they loved it and this is fantastic. But I'm just a little bit, mm, yeah, where are we going with this? Because you know, I've got kids yep. and I know what it takes to put those kids through the system. And I know I'm forever as a mum in a representative system, yep. still forking out my own money, making sure my kids, you know, have what they want, have what they need. So, for me, I just feel like we should be focusing so a little bit more on... Our own backyard. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and a lot of people will say similar. Um, grassroots, and a lot of people say grassroots. What are we actually fighting for? What What is the game not doing at grassroots level that you think they need to do? All right, well, I'm going to give you an example. I'm not going to name the club, but I know this has happened in, in recent times with a representative player. Had to lose a bit of weight. A young, young guy had to mm. lose a bit of weight. Um, after being injured. Not a first-grade player. Not like a, a first-grade player. I'm talking young, maybe, uh, you know, sort of flag, flag sort of yep. time. Yep. Now, in this day and age, a flag player should be able to go to someone at the club, and a dietitian, and get some help. Mm. No. That parent had to go somewhere and pay for a dietitian to say, hey, this kid needs to lose some weight. Fringy. I reckon a lot – I reckon – I'm just being devil's advocate. Mm. I reckon a lot of people will push back on those comments and right. say, well, what about the parents? What's their role in all this? Well, if they if they're kids that are still like you know sort of you know you're eleven you're eleven and twelve, um, so what about that kid doesn't get that attention and he was going to be our next superstar yep. or at least a, a consistent NRL player, but we'll go and invest in some kid from America who looks like he's great out of college and we'll pull him and pay him big bucks. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I'm just I don't know where I stand on it, but it's, it's and I also feel that there's there's so much. I mean, bush footy, it's yep. dead. It's dead. My my husband's family, I, Justin, they're from West Wylong. This footy just isn't the same out there I, anymore. I think I've, I was out in Wagga uh, on the weekend and there was a, a person who was very high up in the AFL because I've always – that's been the, the common theme for a long time. Bush footy's dead, bush footy's dead, bush mm. footy's dead. Is bush sport under the pump? Is is it specific to rugby league? So I said to but him – my I, interest isn't in, in no, other no, sports. No, I, I understand. I understand, I understand but yeah. I, I personally think – Personally, the problem is bigger in the bush instance than rugby league. It's something as a society that is. is happening that I think sport full stop in the bush mm. has come off in a major way. I have to agree with you because there's social media. Yes. There's so many other things that have happened. Um, you, you find a lot of kids go, well, hang on a minute. I've got to have that plan B. So if I, if I break my leg and I've got this apprenticeship, I can't keep playing. I don't know what the reason is. I, I, I don't know what the reason is, but... The, is is it a different demographic to what was back in the day? Is it? I I don't know. But I speaking to context out at Wagga, and Wagga is one of those sort of hubs where, mm. you know, famous for cricketers coming through, rugby league players coming through, AFL players coming through, and so forth. And they they reckon rugby league and AFL are heavily under the pump, and that that's a big concern, I reckon. Sport in general, 100%. Yep. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I've had, had lots of conversations with, well, what's actually doing out here? What's happened? Why aren't there enough teams? Well, look where I am, the Bungendore Tigers. Yep. So that's um, it's bordering New South Wales, Canberra. Um, my my young guy, my one of my little ones, a 14-year-old, uh, Blake, was enrolled to play. They had two games um, and they, they couldn't field enough players. 
So they had, yeah, to, that's sad. had to scrap it. That, that is sad. Uh, particularly for the kids who are turning up the training and wanting to play and, and they're not being able to play a game. That, that, is, that is sad. Uh, all roads lead to Las Vegas for Cody Walker after joining the Rabbitohs' main training group on Wednesday morning. So there's some, well, some doubt around him. The South Stars spent the past week working alone with the high-performance staff. So here's what David Riccio on breakfast had to say. Now, he's been tracking the team in San Diego. Here's David Riccio on breakfast for Cody Walker. Today was easily his biggest and best session. He only had two more sessions to get through, one being one more run in Las Vegas and then a captain's run. And Cody Walker will be suiting up at Allegiant Stadium. From everything I saw today, he'll be there. Michelle, well, that's good. That's good news for South. You know what my concern about the... My number one concern about the dimensions of this field size is the formation that the Bunnies present. So they present this hot lineup on the left-hand side. This formation where you've got Ilias going through, out the back they're going to hit Cody Walker. Cody Walker's got Luttrell out there, and it all points to AJ in the corner. AJ's been the top try scorer four times in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. and I reckon the amount of tries set up off this platform formation would, would blow you away if you actually sat down and watched all of AJ's tries. The field being five metres narrower, I think that will hurt the bunny's left edge in a major way. You're probably right. I think, I think that's going to test well, out... Um, and, and that's what the Blues did. So what they did well with, with Cody Walker is you've got to give Cody the team. So in, in days gone by, Cody Walker's had to fit into a system. The last big win for New South Wales, they said, okay, let's not let him fit into us. Let's fit into what he does. He's the number one tri-assist merchant we've seen in maybe ever. Mm. Maybe ever. Honestly, if, if, if we don't have the stats, I don't think. But if there was a – Cliffy Lyons would clearly be up there. But if there was a tri-assist column for the life of your career, he would be right up there, Cody Walker. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. The Sydney Roosters have announced the contract extension. This is a good story because there for a while, everyone was thinking that maybe retirement was imminent. Vice-Captain Luke Keary has been extended for an additional year until at least the end of the 2025 season. Here's Keary. I always said, too, I wanted to first, like, you know, see if I wanted to do it. Uh, my family, you know, I've got three kids, my wife. Uh, but then also checking with the club about you know their plans and um, you know the future that they wanted to go. I wanted it all to kind of fit in together and not just um, do it for the sake of it or leave before I was ready or things like that. So it was good. I took my time with it all. Um, the club were really good through it. Um, and it kind of all just panned out, so I'm happy. Tell you uh, what, I was one of those. Yeah. Very surprised. Yep. Um, you know, I thought... Uh, He's obviously got a very, very tight family and I thought they'd be quite influential because there were some times there where just as a spectator, let alone knowing Kiri, that you were concerned yep. uh, for his welfare. And I guess it's all that you know hysteria around concussion, not, not knowing, not every bump is a concussion. But yeah, absolutely guilty there. I thought it'd be all over Red Rover. And, and, and it was look, a shame. Look, you have to credit, excuse me, you yeah. have to credit the Roosters for the way they have handled all of the concussion yep. situations, all of the head injuries. It's, it's been remarkable. Trent, I will give Trent Robinson and the club, the medical staff there, a big shout out because it's been a tough period for them. The unknown. Yep, 100%. I, I totally concur with that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Plenty of listeners want to have their say on call and text. Let's go to uh, up in Arundel, up in the Gold Coast, where Chris is. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, Chris. Good what do you know? Man, I was just listening to uh, to Michelle talk about the, the grassroots stuff, and it, and it made me think of something. I mean, Michelle was talking about grassroots being you know, this Jersey flag example, and in my mind, when I think of grassroots, I'm thinking of trying to get kids into the game at seven, eight, nine years old or whatever. Maybe we actually need to have a discussion about 
what grassroots well, level I, of rugby league are. Junior football, I should have said, rather than grassroots. And I'm, I am talking from those, those uh, you know, all the junior reps mm. all the way down to, to the under sixes. I applaud the NRL. I think it's fantastic. A lot of people are against this tag. So non-tackle when you're, you know, in the under sixes. They need to have respond to what the mums are saying on the sideline. I'm not having my kid exposed to playing rugby league it's too dangerous this concussion stuff or as i say all the hysteria it starts then and it's awesome that they've been able to introduce something like tag because once they're hooked once they've been going to the same team the same environment understanding you know they're not going to pull out at 10 and 11 you sort of got them you've got them and when it does change to tackle well they're there aren't they they're not you know yeah numbers wise chris the the nrlw has been a huge gift because the amount of young girls who, who weren't formerly a number as far as junior participation goes we're now getting a stack of those um so that that's been a big part of it chris thanks for the call mate we appreciate that one three hundred oh one eleven seventy um good afternoon run home team from beautiful cabarita beach michelle you speak the honest truth while bears head is on another junket <laughs> sugar you need to get on board a country bears franchise that can take games across new south wales brisbane don't hate the idea i, I don't think i don't think you could play solely out of say a wagga or an orange, or a dubbo, but you could have a countryside for sure, mm. or all the Queensland countryside for that matter, or have both. Yep. That you could do the rounds. Um, maybe you operate out of say a Wagga. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I do think there's a lot of merit. Or, or you've got a game in the country every week, every yep. single week. I'm, I'm all for that. I think that's huge. Every single week, there's a game. In the country, they do yeah the mudgee and they do the bits and pieces throughout the year. But I'm I'd, I'd love to say that I think it'd be fantastic and fair fair to those people out in the bush. And just on the grassroots footy too, there's a the, the, it's a little bit complicated for a couple of reasons. Now, David Trodden for New South Wales Rugby League, Ben Iken up there in Queensland, they are pushing the NRL for more money, more more piece of the pie due to what the state of origin brings in mm. financially. So in many cases, the Junior Rugby League is governed by the New South Wales Rugby League or the Queensland Rugby League. So so that's where it can be a little bit tricky. Mark's from Sydney. Uh, g'day, Mark. Hey, g'day. How you going? Good, Marky. What do you got, mate? Uh, just uh, something that Michelle mentioned where they're struggling to um, field teams in those um, like uh, junior leagues. What's... Because um, I, I think it's very common everywhere, but... Maybe it's something in, in those um, age groups where they start to play, like they do sevens or nines, if you know what I mean, and you've got a few forwards, a couple of backs, and they yep. just start to learn, you know. You might have one kid, he learns to sort of play a, a second row or centre position or something like that, so at least they're keeping them on the field, you know. Yep. Hey, Mark, I love that. Absolutely love oh, that. And I'll too. tell you the reason why is because, and in a world full of collision, um, the field is less densely populated. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you watch the sevens or the nines, the hits are nowhere near as big. So I actually think Mark's got a good point. It ticks off a few boxes. Uh, more teams will be filled, uh, less bigger contact in the, in the lower grades. And then as you get older, that's when you get introduced to the 13-a-side game. I totally agree with that. I, I, I don't believe that we need to stick with 13-a-side from the under-12s, 13s and so forth. I think there's a lot of merit in that. Rob from Redhead Beach. G'day, Rob. Hey, John. How are you, buddy? Good, Rob. Hey, Michelle. Hey, how Just you doing? Quick one. If, they want, if they want to do more for the grassroots, they should, kids under 16 should get every game for free. Even adults. They used to give out the school passes, Michelle, didn't they? Those hard passes. Oh, they did. When I was a kid a long time ago, yeah, everyone used to get a footy pass if you played to the school or for a club. But, you know, like, that's all stopped. 
don't know. I think if you're a kid and you want to go, you should be in for free. That way, it might get a few of the parents and take the kids. Yeah, because that's another thing. It is. It's 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 tough to go to the footy when by the time you've all had a drink and a meat pie or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's tough on a lot of families. They and can't the access, it. the access that Fox and Nine, and we get from that, it's you, know, you get the beers in the fridge yeah. or your Pepsi in the fridge, and your pizzas getting ordered home. And but because I've grown up in rugby league and I've only really known that, um, I remember seeing one day um, two young girls at a racetrack watching Kathy O'Hara on a horse, and I've since been up like known those little girls and followed them so into racing from one day going to Ryong racetrack, being yep. exposed to pink silks. Yep. Um, totally obsessed with um, with with female jockeys now and wanting to be and and that's all that you, the kids need the experience they need to be in and around it to to be to want to be part of it. Yep, uh, the cost argument's an interesting one because um, insurances is where it all, we all fall down, Joel. It's, well, it's well a, Gus did something with Bulldogs, didn't he? For, for Regos, kids yep, Regos. Yep, Wyong Leagues on the Central Coast have done that as well. Um, yep. there's a I think it's a hundred dollars or something like it's something cheap that they're, they're all making an effort. People out there are realizing that it's going to take something to get these kids uh, involved in the game. Logan says, um, he says, the issue with grassroots funding across all sports, soccer, football is the worst yet has the numbers that every other team dreams of. That, see, that's a fair point against the price argument. Apparently, uh, registrations and representative uh, costs for soccer is through the roof, apparently. Mm. I don't know the numbers myself. I think it myself. always has been, to be honest but, with you. But their numbers are flying. So that would sort of counter the fact that money is a is a big issue there. Uh, I'm really fascinated to know why sport as a whole has dropped off in the country. Roland from Penrith. G'day, Roland. Hey, Sugar, how are you? Good, Roland. Hey. My old Bishop, how are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good. Sugar, a couple of years ago, I presented a bit of a discussion on country rugby league and my theories on how I felt it would work. And I figured it seems you've brought the subject up again. If you don't mind, I'll just go through it again if you've got, got a few minutes. Well, we've um, we got, we got a minute. Basically, yeah, well, I'll do it as quick as I can. Basically, what I said was that every um, NRL club should be allocated a group area. Um, that, that's up to them to develop and do with. But then all the juniors and the footballers that come out of there that could go into trade go into a draft system and what they get, what comes out of the draft financially goes back to that NRL club to continue to help them grow that group area. So it, it becomes a, a business within itself. And, you, and, and then every uh, year, say the Bulldogs who I follow, have to go and play a game. They get a group that happens to be the Wagga area. Yep. That's their group. They have to take the Cowboys game for argument's sake. There, where in Sydney they might get eight thousand, ten thousand people to the game. If they take them to their group head head, head office, or wherever that ground is, in their group head office, um, Tamworth or wherever, then the, the, the locals are going to come because you know they, they only get to see one or two games a year. Okay, yeah, good point, Roland. Uh, thank you for that. And, and and you do make a good point. And, and it's a bit of field of dreams. So build it, and they will come. I'll give you an example. So in Dubbo has always been like a, a fledgling sort of um, not a huge touch football community. Mm. The New South Wales touch had moved one of the state cups in recent years to Dubbo. So every year, all these people are descending upon Dubbo yep. for the touch football. And now Dubbo is becoming this thriving club. So being there makes people want to be a part of it. So yep. I, I do agree with what Roland's saying. If you, you're there every, put it this way. Well, Penrith have done a great job with Bathurst for, for many years okay. now. Yep. And I've got no doubt that if you surveyed the population of Penrith or, you know, of Bathurst rather, how many support rugby league, and of those rugby league followers, how many support 
Penrith Panthers. Yeah. It, it would be through the roof it's and huge. growing every well, year. Well, I was actually working out at Penrith at the time when Gus decided that that's, that's you know, yep. he was going to make the most of that area. And the even the attention and the letters and the requests from the Bathurst area, it, it increased tenfold. Uh, just through one or two visits, but yep. I mean, it's been like a, over over a ten year period now, and you're 100 percent right. And and the other thing is that Roland makes a point with with his draft situation, which drafts a bit of a tricky one, but but at least under what he's proposing, clubs are being rewarded for development. There's no real reward for developing kids at the moment, is it? No, there's not, but that absolutely should be. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you can see all different clubs having pot shots about. I mean, that someone wrote a story the other day about finally the Roosters having a couple of homegrown players uh, being able to string a few together because there's been, you know, that argument for such a long time. But, you know, p- clubs like Penrith uh, should be rewarded. Um, and, and I, you know, think it should come down to some sort of salary cap thing. I've just, um, we talked before about the Wyong Leagues groups. The Wyong Leagues group, uh, working con- in conjunction with the Rugby League Central Coast, announced that it'll offer a $100 uh, fee subsidy program for junior rugby league players throughout this year. So th- these are the sort of things that we need to, yep. you know. But I mean, you compare a Wyong Leagues with a Terrigal or something on the Central Coast, and, you know, they're just not, Terrigal's not as strong as Wyong financially. So yes. uh, it's a tough one. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch with Michelle Bishop. The Kiwis, Kirsty and the Beaver, here they are. How are you today? How's your week? What, are we, what have we learned this week so far? Get the Warriors Oof. to Las Vegas. That's what we say. After talking to your producer, Brooksy, it yes. sounds like he's having an absolutely terrible time in LA. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you, <laughs> is our producer gallivanting over there and doing interviews with other programs? <laughs> Oh, we must. He's our man on the ground. Oh, He's our man on the ground over there, Brooksy. We've got to get that clipped up uh, to use when Fletch comes back. We have to get that clipped up. <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking about doing interviews, uh, Brian's made up some poor excuse as to why he can't come on. He was supposed to come on. Unbeknownst to him, some other people have dobbed in on him and they've just spotted him and Matthew Johns on their way to Venetian. Let's just say may or may not be needing subtitles to understand them. <laughs> Already. Yeah. Guys, I gather your, um, your thoughts about the Warriors uh, and you wanting them over in Vegas. That has to have a hell of a lot of self-interest because we were just uh, talking off air about uh, teams going over there and just how good it is for them. So is it, it has to be from self-interest. Is it not, uh, you know, putting the Warriors over there in round one next year puts a lot of pressure on them in terms of on the field. Well, as their official media partner and live every game here on SNZ, it seems right that the run home would need to be there yes. on the ground I'm to make you. sure that uh, everything's across the line. But yes, but hey, look, we're, we're thinking they might be going over as defending champions. They might have to mm. do the World Club Challenge next year. Well, wow. That's where the Warriors drinking? are sitting. <laughs> no, outside of the top two, we can't see anyone else. It's, it's Broncos, Panthers and the Warriors now. It's the big three of the NRL. <laughs> hey, I love it, your enthusiasm. Has it kept up the steam? So last year, the, the up the wires, yeah, the, mo- the, the movement well, was Well, I went massive. over there. It was fantastic. Yeah, it has it kept awesome. it up into season 24? Look at the preseason game. Sold the out pre-season. Yeah, you never get that. Andrew Webster for Prime Minister at one stage. Yes, yes. Um, tell you what, if he gets the if he gets them to the grand final, it's it's his. I'd say. I tell you what. Now, it, can it I is just so run important. something past you guys? Yes. This flight that I'm seeing, Fly with Legends, it's the the charter flight that the NRL has put on, yep. uh, which includes people from the Fox League team: Paul Gallen, Wade Graham, James Graham, Greg Inglis, uh, Fatty Vaughton, and Sam Thiday. How how is what that flight taking is... off? Do you reckon? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some inside info, and I've got this Please. on super authority. That So the regular plane, right, 
the chartered plane, it, it is essentially a regular commercial plane, but mm-hmm. a little bit different as far as rules and stuff. But I understand there was a late, um, I think somebody might have looked at the passenger list or something, but there was a stack of extra cartons late <laughs> added to the cargo for that ship because right. they don't want it running out of beer. So a real David Boone flavour about this particular charter plane. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually not sure. Like, like I'm thinking of someone like Darcy McDonald. Would she want to be Fox Sports reporter? Would yep. she want to be on that flight? <laughs> well, plenty of champers. Yep. Don't worry about cartons. Yep. Thoughts? Well, I've done one similar to the World Cup in 2015. Uh, I was on the plane, Beef. Well, me and Ted were the were the, and Frank Bunce, and then it was a whole lot of punters who had paid to be on it. Chartered from Auckland to London, it's fair to say the <laughs> the layover of two hours in in LA really took the wind out of everyone's sails. It was a quiet trip from LA. It <laughs> was good. it was like a nightclub, yes. and then it really <laughs> lost its way. Oh, that is outstanding stuff! Hey, welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Michelle and I caught up with one of our favourites here, a stable mate. At SEN, when it comes to cricket, I need to hear the voice. We need to hear the voice, Michelle, of Barat Sundarason. Uh, nonetheless, this man has been so kind and he does so much for SEN across all the platforms. He knows everything about cricket and he's just good to listen to. The great man, Barat Sundarason, joins the run home with Joel and Fletch with Michelle Bishop here. G'day, Barat. Ah, g'day, mate. That's very kind of you. Uh, oh, yeah, I do know a thing or two about cricket, but I just stop about anyway. Can I ask you this? So you're at a function. Uh, there's been talk and news about another BBL team coming into the competition, expansion on the agenda. Have you got a personal view as to where and who that should be? Uh, well, the talk in uh, this part of the world is that it should be a New Zealand team. A uh, New Zealand team, uh, uh, what? Uh, there's a New Zealand team in most leagues in Australia. Is there? Uh, you know, you look at most of the codes, so... Uh, I mean, that's the big talk, but uh, you know, it does surprise me at a time when um, uh, BBL has uh, gone on a reduction spree in terms of duration, number of matches. Uh, but it, it does uh, kind of uh, intrigue me how this is coming about. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm un- my, it's my understanding that they want two licenses, not one. So would it, would it be a case of, um, you know, okay, if we can't have, have the two, well, we're not interested? Uh, it very well could be. Um, and, uh, like, you know, I, I guess with these things as well, uh, you never know the exact details that get discussed behind the scenes, do we? Um, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's our job to find out, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, uh, uh, everyone in, in the T20 world, if you want to call it that, uh, is constantly competing, right? I mean, as a league, you just have so much competition from uh, all around the world. Uh, you have to really think on your feet and make sure that your product always keeps or finds a way of adapting. Hey, Barat, uh, who's your tip for this big one? Of course, Essien have got you covered. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Uh, the test match, you mean? Yes. Of course, yeah. Uh, look, um, I'm just about finishing a call about uh, this mental block that uh, New Zealand teams always have against Australian test cricket. Um, and it's quite fascinating uh, speaking to people who've been involved in rugby, and we all know the the might of the All Blacks. Uh, and it just, you know, it, it, at times it doesn't even matter who's playing for New Zealand. It's just something about Australia that they just try to uh, never are able to bring their best out of, of themselves. But uh, it's a really good team. I mean, they have a couple of injuries, but 
you look at their batting, Kane Williamson is in the form of his life, uh, and these are pitches that he really thrives on. Um, and, and look, they're coming off a good series win against uh, South Africa. So, uh, you know what? I mean, one of one all might seem like a boring result, but well, it is a two-match series, and that's the best we can do. Okay, uh, who do you expect a big tournament or a big uh, game out of for Australia, Brett? Um, I, I, I'm tipping my man Manus Labuschagne. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, I've spent like more than half my life watching him and Steve Smith bat in the net, so. Um, I, I feel like uh, I'm part of uh, uh, what they do uh, in the middle, at least during training. Anyway. But, uh, you know, I interviewed him a couple of days ago. Um, he just seems to have changed his approach to how he builds up to a game. He's gone from just batting for hours on end to just shortening his sessions and also making sure that, uh, you know, he brings more energy than just time to it. And he's due, right? His test average has dropped from 62 to 50 in the last 18 or so months. So he's due and he seems hungry. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Now, Brian and I have been so excited to get this young man from the kennel on, Michelle. His name would be who? Jacob Caraz, superstar of the dogs. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Now, funny story. Uh, in fact, I'll save it for our next guest. <laughs> uh, I'll save it for our next guest. And we're talking about this young man. You'll catch the interview on YouTube. Search Joel Fletch SEN. The chat will be here online as well. But this fellow here, Brian and I love this player who debuted a couple I'm of years ago. I'm sensing a man crush. But he's so time. good. He's so good. He's such a handful. His name's Jacob Kiraz from the Bulldogs and he joins the run home with Joel and Fletch with Michelle Bishop. G'day, Jacob. G'day. How are you? Thanks for having me. Mate, I'm so pumped to have you on here. This bloke here, I'm convinced. I nominated yesterday my um, my bolters for representative. I should have had Jacob there. Mm. I missed that because he missed some of the season last year, but I understand Jacob. He'd be wearing the blue too, which is great. He'd be wearing the blue, that's for sure. You're back back in business. All good to go for round one, Jacob? Yeah, um, yeah, that's the plan. It's looking good and yeah, I just can't wait yeah, can't wait to put the jersey on. Obviously, you know, missed the trolls and I was spewing about that, but yeah, um, you know, it's all going good and I can't wait. Mate, you played for Lebanon international playing for as a 17 year old is that right yeah that's right wow well, you've done a lot in a short time can i get the number one on your back would you like that do you like playing fullback <laughs> have you played any fullback um yeah i got um i got the chance to play fullback um last year at the world cup and yeah um i played lots of fullback when i was a young junior so yeah i love i love being um i love playing at fullback and, yeah, eventually, you know, you never know what could happen. But, um, yeah, I'm happy wherever to play, to be honest. If Coach Rialdo said, Jacob, there's 17 jerseys here, what number do you want? Which one would you take? Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably take the one. <laughs> Just reading a text message here from a, a Blake Taft. But, anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Jacob, um, the biggest thing I want to want to hear from one of the players is the changes in the environment, the, you know, the feel about the club because it's awesome. You guys have had your season launch. Cam Serraldo, second year in the job. What's been the biggest difference um, from, from last year to now? Yeah, um, the biggest difference, I feel like we're just – you know, we're a bit more connected this year in terms of on and off the field. Um, you know, all the new recruits have been, you know, that um, brought their professionalism into the club. You know, there's, we had a few. We had um, like eight or nine players come in and what they've brought into the team, how they've just bought into everything has been amazing. And, you know, we're just, especially like majority of them have, you know, they've all come from very successful clubs. So that's helped heaps. So I think that 
you know, everyone's just buying into it now. And, you know, um, it's just everyone just seems connected. And, you know, hopefully that transfers on the field. Tell us about Coach Serraldo. Is he a big goal setter? Is he, you know, is he hard taskmaster? How do you appraise the young coach who, you know, many, many people say he's a good one? Yeah, um, yeah, Ciro, you know, he's a top coach. Um, you know, he's, um, personally for me, he's helped me so much individually, you know. Um, you know, so he's all about, like, the mental side of it as well with the goal settings and the journaling, um, the journaling and all that stuff. And he's getting all the boys into it, which is good, you know. Um, it, it's not just the physical side of footy, you know. You need to be mentally prepared to play every week. So, yeah, he's, you know, his approach, his door's always open. You know, all the boys know that too. Whenever they want to have a chat, you know, he's, he always encourages the boys to go. And, yeah, he's honestly, you know, he's helped me heaps with the first alarm um, last year with the way, you know, I wanted to play the season. He's helped me heaps with the mental side of it. And, yeah, you know, um, I can't wait again to play play for him this year. Very much, Jacob, an open-door policy. You can knock on his door any time and have a chat just about anything. He's big on family. He's massive on buying in. And you're right, he does a lot off the field uh, mentally with the boys. And, and we're not talking earthing and that sort of stuff. He, he gets the boys to read a lot of literature. And I guess the one thing that I've looked at from the dogs this year is, is the fact that everyone's bought in. But for mine, Stephen Crichton, um, he's obviously a new character to you. I've had, had a fair bit to do with Critter out there at Penrith. I wasn't shocked um, or shocked as many people when when uh, Cam decided that he was obviously going to be captain for this year. You've been around him enough in this preseason. Do you, you obviously see him as captain, you know, captaincy yeah. material as well. Tell us why. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, it was an easy choice and, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten along with Critter pretty good, you know, ever since he came to the club and, you know, no one really knows how much of a pest he is, but <laughs> that's the way he is um, in the change rooms. But, you know, he's honestly, you know, his first week he came early, and then he had an army camp and, you know, the way he showed his leadership skills. And I'm sure it's not easy coming into a new team, but the way he, you know, you just knew he was a natural leader. And obviously his resume speaks for itself. And, yeah, all the boys, you know, it wasn't a shock to us, honestly, um, when he got the captaincy. Um, he leads by it. And even, you know, with his actions on the field and the way he's been training has been, you know, amazing. And, yeah, I just can't wait to, you know, play for him. I've got to come clean on the story. Before I do so, are you off the market? Jacob, a lot of people ask that. You're a good-looking young fellow. Are you, are you tied down? Yeah, I'm tied down, yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> okay, because a couple of years ago, Michelle... Um, oh, that tied down? I'm thinking with the Bulldogs. No, 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 Yeah, that's exactly right. So, <laughs> right, sorry. A couple of years ago... It's all the sometimes, me. I was out at ANZ Stadium, and I was calling a game, and my daughter come along. She wanted to come along to the game, and she had a girlfriend with her, and... Got him some tickets. I and, can feel Jacob yeah. blushing no, no, right no, now. No, no, So what happened was... No, no, no. He, he was only a young kid. Nothing right. untoward. But she's quite a prankster, my, my daughter Miller. So what they did, they come across this um, corporate box and they thought, oh, let's just slide in here and see how long we last, <laughs> right? So they go into this corporate box and unbeknownst to them, it's they've quickly worked out, oh, it's the the Bulldogs families and, and those nice. sorts of things. And people start to look around, what are these girls doing here? And to which someone, an older lady says, excuse me, what are you doing in here? Where's your wristband? Oh, I've got my wristbands. Well, who are you here with? And Miller had no idea. She, she goes, oh, um, oh uh, I'm Jacob Kiraz's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. So, and then apparently she she may have had this in her head. This girl sort of looked at her as if to say, oh, I'm, I'm Jacob Kiraz's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, so, no. And, well, and, and, and out she went. But there you go. That's a true story, Jacob. Um, what, what, are, funny, I didn't even know that. what true story? What, what's the ambitions? Like, what are you in, inside the camp at the kennel there of the Bulldogs? What, what's the, the talk? Are you saying, 
You know, do you push a stretch goal and say top four? Do you say top eight? Do you say let's win so many games? Is there other ways to look at it? What are you thinking internally? Um, yeah, like, you know, I'd be lying if we said we didn't want to play finals or top four and all that. Um, obviously, we want to play finals footy, 100%. And, but I feel like we just need to, you know, we just want to every week, just take a week by week and just, you know, um, enjoy it at the same time. It, like, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be some, like, there's going to be lots of good wins. There's going to be some losses. So I feel like if we just, in, like, you know, just enjoy it as it goes on. And, you know, I'm sure if we're, if we're putting our best foot forward every week and, you know, we're still buying into it, still learning, I feel like, you know, the success is going to come. And then, you know, before we know it, you know, we're going to be in the finals and then hopefully we go all the way. Take us back. You make your debut and you're told uh, by the coach or by the manager. I'm not sure how it folded out, yeah. but can you take us back to that moment? It's a very special moment when a kid's told they're going to debut for a club. Yeah, um, I remember I was on a training trial at Doggy, so I couldn't um, debut until round 11. And I and it was around it was around 8 or 7 at the time. And then um, lots of the boys got COVID. So I remember they called me in for the NRL back five meeting and they said, oh, just come in. But I didn't think anything of it. But like lots of boys had COVID. And then, yeah, Trent Barrett um, said, oh, yeah, so um, Jacob, like, how are you going to... Um, you're going to be guarding up against um, Farmworth on the right centre. And oh. that's how I actually found out. And I was like, yeah, I freaked out. I was in Just shock. so casually. Uh, wow. Yeah, like he said it casual, but then the boys G'd up as soon as like, Foxy was there, obviously with his laugh, G'ing me up. And yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Wow. It was good, but it was the best moment. Can good I just young. ask you who you've gravitated towards in terms of the team, in particular this year in, in, in the preseason? Yep. Um, who's impressed you? Like a, a Drew Hutchison, like coming from a club like the Roosters? Um, who, who's sort of impressed you in that way um, and you've been able to take a little bit from? Yeah, um, you know, Drew, he's actually been a good one, to be honest. Obviously, you know, he's, you know, he's, a, vet, he's a veteran. He's played like so many games. He's been on um, a top club for, you know, like a number of years now. So, you know, him being um, there and being in a professional club like that, he's just showed his professionalism and, you know, he's, you can just see how footy IQ smart he is and I love, you know, even me, I just keep, I watch video of him heaps and just pick out little things. And obviously, you know, for me personally, um, you know, I watched lots of vision on Critter last year defensively and the player he was defensively. So me seeing him firsthand now, you know, it's unbelievable and, yeah, I've just picked up so much stuff off him and, yeah, that's where I want to be eventually as well. So, yeah, he's probably been the main one on me. I'll tell you what I'm interested in too, and, and Matty Burton is a very much improved goal kicker. Had a terrific season last year. But, Jacob, I've been on the record saying that I genuinely think, I genuinely think Stephen Crichton is the best striker of the ball in the competition, and he's a part-time well, kicker. Hey. Ooh, yeah, that's a big How have they goal. been going at training? And, and, and do we know yet who might be starting the season as a goal kicker? I actually, I don't even know yet. I know they're all doing the reps. Like, we've got so many boys after training just go goal-kicking, even probably wingers. But I don't, um, yeah, um, I actually don't know officially. All I know is that they're all every, you know, they're obviously goal-kicking heaps. But, yeah, it's been hard for Critter because he had the quad injury, so he stopped kicking for a bit. But, um, yeah, like you said, he's a good goal-kicker. And then you've got Birdo's left foot. So I'm actually, I'm actually pretty curious to see who goal-kicks. Have you got I'm a sure front-runner? Front, Have you got a front-runner? You've smothered it well. You've got to give us a front-runner. <laughs> I actually don't know. I'm always joking. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I actually haven't picked up on it. I just, whoever kicks, just get the goals and then that's it. As long who, who, as who else? Size, I'm happy. Who else, Jacob, is, is putting their hand up for goal kicking? The Fox. <laughs> no, nah, not Fox. No, nah, Fox, no way. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, I think Toby Sexton's um, 
kicking a bit. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, so I think Toes is practice, Birdo's practice, and obviously off critter. They're all everyone's doing the reps. All the young boys are doing the reps too. So yeah, I'm sure we'll find out round one. Speaking of the young boys, who, who's somebody who you know maybe you know the general public don't know so much about a player, but you've seen them at training going, oh geez, they're going to be playing first grade if not in round one at some point. Is there a player that has really caught your attention? Um, I'm sure like um, lots of, of there's um, Joash for party. Oh yes. So he's one of the young um, fullbacks, um, and he's honestly, yeah, had a really good. Pre- he's just like a natural. He's unbelievable. He's, what he does at training, it's like no one can do. So he's impressed. He's been pretty impressive. Um, there's a couple of boys, you know, Jordan Shamrani. Um, he's a he's actually another Lebanese boy. He's been doing good, big center. So yeah, they've all just the young. All the young ones have honestly bought into it so well, and you know, it's good seeing all the juniors do well and. I'm sure when they get their chance, they'll take it with both hands. Tell me about Joe Ash. So Joe Ash Papali, is he related to either the boys in the NRL at the moment? And, and who does he play like? Yeah, I would say he plays like an old Milford, Anthony Milford in Broncos days. Gotcha. Yeah, so he's like very silky. He has like a left right, or right foot. It's very, very silky with the ball in his hands. He's like got this talent that, you know, only some people have. So our training will do a stepping drill where we're defending and when he runs, no one, it's really, really hard to get wow. him. So, yeah, he's pretty impressive. And I'm pretty, I don't know if I'm confident, but I'm pretty sure that he's related to um, Papali'i and Raiders. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm, he's got some relation there, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Geez, a young, trust me. Geez, I tell you what, if we come across another young Milford, that'd be exciting say, for the comp, wouldn't it? Big raps, yeah. Milford. Milford yeah, in his no, day. In his, yeah. Exactly, yeah. All right, well, mate, uh, all the best. Uh, just just for our listeners too, they want to know. Tell us about Jacob Kiraz when he's nowhere near rugby league. What are your interests? What are your shows, podcasts? Is there a sport that you're a big fan of? PlayStation. Um. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm just I hang on my family age to be honest. I just you know, obviously, I still live at home. Can't move out until I'm married. So, um, I'm you know, obviously loving. You know, I love hanging out with my parents and my brothers and my sisters. All my mates come over. Sometimes we play a bit of PlayStation, FIFA. Um, but, yeah, not too much. Um, but, yeah, like when I can relax, I relax, to be honest. So I'm a pretty relaxing person. And, yeah, I go with my partner and go with my family heaps. So is, say, uh, here's the honesty part. How are you at home? Are there clothes everywhere? Is your bed unmade? Or do you help mum? No. Nah, got a pretty got, good mum. Um, I have to give your yeah. mum a shout out. Di, I used to go to school yeah, with her. And your beautiful sister, Jamie, who's a, a budding journalist, wants to really? be a, a rugby league uh, yeah. a rugby league or a sports yeah. journalist. And yeah, she did a bit of work with us at the Seven Network. She's um she's an up-and-coming journalist. Oh, so wow. Her. Yeah, now shout out to my mum and, you know, both my parents. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'd say I'm a pretty clean person. I have OCD a type of way. Even when we go to hotels with the boys, <laughs> I hate when I'm, with, I'm rooming with a dirty person. It's, yeah, I don't like it. But Like? Yeah. <laughs> Like? Oh, like lots of like, I'm not even joking. Like seventy percent of the team, they just chuck stuff over. <laughs> You've given the boys hey, up. Love it. Hey, Jacob Kiraz, uh, I, I wasn't lying when I was saying both Fletch and I are massive fans, and both of, we both want to see it fullback. Um, but we also want to see this young Milford now too that you've mentioned it too. Uh, thanks for joining yeah, the run home with Joel and Fletch. And uh, and I reckon you've already done wonderful stuff in your career. I reckon 2024 is going to be a massive Jacob Kiraz season. All the best, mate, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to The Best of the Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Don't forget you can catch us live 
Monday to Friday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Daylight Savings Time. The YouTube page is waiting for you as well. If you want to see what happens behind the scenes and many of our interviews, go to Joel Fletch SEN. Search that on YouTube. Subscribe. Apple, Spotify have got you covered for the podcast and social media, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Slide in onto the DMs at Joel Fletch SEN. We'll catch you next time.